0: welcome to the take two podcast and what i mean by that is uh this is literally our second take of the intro to the podcast because um caleb's uh wi-fi just got um got bombed or something i don't know yeah i don't know uh, but awesome. welcome welcome to be uncommon with caleb and luke luke bockensady here with caleb Fossum, the most creative person on the planet let them know what's up today caleb how you doing i'm doing all right man I'm just
1: very grateful you know uh another day
0: man oh, that, you went you went straight into just gratitude i love that yeah. but i feel like there's something <laughs> that forced that answer out of you what's going no, on I, mean,
1: I don't know shit i mean it's just i've been really trying to focus on uh the good lately you know in every situation and i what? had a i had a dream i had like a dream that like kind of put me like in that place it was like i had a dream that um you know like i had everything i ever wanted and like all this kind of this stuff and the house I was in a big ass house I was with we were with mini and like we had our own businesses and then we were on the couch and I was like I missed the days when we were broke and I was like whoa mm. and so like I thought that was like yo do you just be no It's interesting yeah okay because you know and okay the more you level up I mean the more as you see like when people climb in business and everything and it becomes more Of a business, it becomes more of structure and little things, as opposed to like when you're hustling, trying to get it done, dude. You're just happy to land that one client, and you're kind of making your own rules. You're doing things as you go. It's very like startupy, you know. And then once you get to the top of it, I mean, think of Amazon, like you know, I mean, how it started to where it's at, or Facebook, you know, all that shit, like those movies. And but yeah, so just very grateful. That's where I'm at. With uh, just grateful for where I'm at, grateful for the climb that's ahead, bro. It's pretty much it.
0: I love that. That's I've definitely been on that uh the gratitude type of vibes like all of december really just kind of winded down um like probably the craziest fucking year of my life for sure <laughs> lots of changes that have happened over the last like six to eight months of my life growing pains um yeah growing gains and growing pains yeah. for sure a lot of a lot of really 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 good um definitely some gnarly some gnarly bad but like some awesome fucking stuff at the same time um and it's like one of those it's fucking, the one thing coach Gonzo said that really fucking stuck with me is it's never as good as you think it is. And it's never as bad as you think it is, you know? Uh-huh. uh huh. So it's like of all the ways I disagreed with him, I could never disagree with that. Cause I'm like, as I'm getting older, I'm like that, that man was fucking so right. He was so right. Cause it, it's, it's not, it's like, uh, it's yeah. You win some, you lose some. It's like been the fucking best way I can describe this year. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. I mean,
1: it's true. I mean, It it is. I mean, once if you live there, if you're just it's being consistent, you know, like, don't be and I always remember that in sports, like, don't be the guy that's phenomenal one day and then shitty the next. Like, I want the guy where I know what I'm going to get every day. And um, it's kind of like that in life as far as like, just kind of keep keep that consistent energy, positivity and, and gratitude. And Things will be a lot better than they probably are. Honestly, as opposed, to, it's never as good as never as bad. I mean, your perception can make it either too. Sometimes, you know,
0: for sure. So a thousand percent um, correct. But you're
1: coming off of a pretty um, dope last weekend. Like as far as a uh, pretty life changing weekend, if I'm, if I'm
0: correct, right? Yeah, at least a life changing experience. That's for fucking sure. Um, uh, I went to the Drake and Kanye concert uh last last Thursday. Um, I think it was last Thursday. And uh, it was I had one of those like moments in life, right? Like people like have those like anchor moments, like that you like it's happening, and like you are fortunate enough to like realize what's going on. Yeah, in the present,
1: we're like I'm gonna rem-, like this is it.
0: This is a moment. Yeah, no. So like literally, I I'm one of those people where um I have notes in my phone, um of exact details of those moments in my life. Like I have a couple of them. Um, it's just something I've always done because, like, I don't know, forty years from now, I'd love to write like a book called like Moments of My Life, yeah, and like have like every chapter be like describe a moment because I like remember exactly every detail of of certain things. So like I sitting at the row three tw- uh section three twelve, row uh, row twelve. I was in seat one, two of my friends, seat two and three to the left. I know exactly like what was going on. Well, where where it was where were you? So I, I was at the Drake and Kanye concert at the Coliseum. Okay. And the cool thing about that is like uh, I do this visualization meditation, the one that you've done with me um, from Ian Stanley. It's the, the second self meditation. So basically uh, part of that, or there's that one. And there's another one um, there's, I can't, it's called like a hidden money or money magnet type of uh, money magnet meditation. And the, the premise of it is you have to imagine yourself driving up to like an arena in your dream car. And you enter this arena and you are in the, like, you are the person center stage that people are cheering for, chanting your name, throwing money at, um, and, like, you're getting everything you've ever wanted, like, thrown at you. Um, the people, like, in your tribe are coming to approach you and sit next to you and hang out with you. It's, like, you know, the, the perfect moment, right? Um, so I used to always, uh, when I would do that visual- visualization, I used to envision being the shortstop for the Yankees every single time. Because to me still that's still the, the best job that's ever been created. Like there's nothing even fucking. We close lost to a lot today, of good man. men out there. <laughs> to to play for the Yankees? <laughs> that's, that's how I was thinking of Ted. You should have shot A Rod. <laughs> 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 um that was funny. Uh or not uh the other guys, not Ted. Uh same act. Yeah. yeah. Same <laughs> <laughs> active. Terry is yeah. Uh but so then in the last year, uh for some reason. I made the switch in my mind subconsciously and that changed to the Coliseum, like the actual old, like the Coliseum. Right. And I was like full blown, like Spartan battle, like old school, like warrior type of uh, arena. And I uh, so when we showed up to the Coliseum, I was like, oh, my God, like this is the arena. Like this is this is the fucking arena that I envisioned. Right. Or at least the closest I've I'm ever going um, to I've been to it. Right. And so uh, I was there. Uh, so up at the top, right? Uh, like tallest, highest section possible that we could have been in, um, almost to the very, very top. I was like forty feet from like the last row in the entire arena, which is the best place to sit there unless you like paid twenty grand for like the seats up front, right? Mm-hmm. Like the like front row seats, um, because it's open roof, obviously. So you, it was like. 10:59 PM was like the life moment I had. So at 10 59 PM, I could see the little dipper, the big dipper. I could see all the stars. Yeah. I could see the, the lights in the fog, uh, in the, in the stadium, I, uh, Drake was performing. I could see the LA skyline. There was a plane flying directly over us. And it was like, I had this moment of like, Drake right now is literally performing in front of over a hundred thousand people live. Millions are watching, streaming it on Amazon prime. And that motherfucker has a hundred thousand people singing along to a message he wrote that popped into his head probably ten years ago, and now he he probably manifested that, envisioned it, and now created this moment where a hundred thousand plus souls are like singing in unison his message, Yeah, sharing. And after last after the last two years of, of the world being so crazy and chaotic and different from anything we've ever seen, I was sitting there with two of my favorite people on the planet in a place that I've envisioned myself witnessing a dude do like maybe the most amazing thing I've ever seen just to bring people together under like one idea. And I just, even I'm getting like chills thinking of it now and just like it was cold, but like at that moment, like I love the cold. I took off my hoodie, just shaved my head. So I was feeling like the crisp air and the sky, the plane happened to like fly directly over and like so close. So I've, I've never been that high without like, like that high on like uh, physically like at a stadium on a roof or something that close to a plane flying overhead. Yeah. It was the closest I've ever been to like a plane wow. like that. And I was just like, this is a moment of my life. And Drake is the man in the arena. And I bet you 20 years ago he was like, I'm going to do this one day. And that motherfucker was out there doing it. He was the one out there in the fucking arena and it was the craziest most surreal moment of my life.
1: That's amazing.
0: I love. Uh, I
1: love when you have moments like that <clears throat> in your life and like you said, in the in the present, as you're experiencing it, you're knowing that this is gonna be a life changing moment or the trippy like when you put dots together and you connect them and you're like, Oh, this led me to this or like the, how you said you saw the Colosseum and you've been having that meditation uh-huh. and uh-huh. um Yeah, that's that's what makes me believe in everything that I believe in as far as like, you know, the universe conspiring for us and everything yeah. happens in yep. perfect timing. Um I mean we talked about, you know, does everybody have a purpose? Does everybody have um yeah. it was the exact question we were playing you know the the game we're not strangers or we're not really strangers and it was like do you I'm believe probably, it, asked, it
0: was something. we're not really strangers yeah it's like do you believe everybody truly has a purpose and if so do you believe i found mine yet? yeah like that's what the question asked of like the person had to, had to ask everybody
1: else yeah but i think like we talked about is everybody has everybody has a role in this life and no role is is big is too big or too small you know i think it just goes into sports like you know coach leach um you know my coach from when i was at washington state he would always talk about a car and you know the steering wheel the tires and all these parts that go into a car and he's like i'll tell you what though if one little lug nut on one tire is is loose you know that tire's coming off and you can't fucking drive you know what i'm saying it's like the, all the way down to the little lug nuts on the tires and it's like there's people in life that are the lug nuts they think you know but they're in for purpose of a bigger picture and you know, so that whole moment of, like, everybody and all those souls being in that one collective space sharing that exact moment. Like,
0: it's pretty fucking crazy to think about. Yeah, super fucking crazy to think about. Like, bro, it's like I feel like uh, Nick Fury and the Avengers, where it's like, it started as an idea. Like, when they brought the Avengers together, literally, that's, like, in Drake's mind, like, one day he goes, I don't know, dude, maybe I can rap. Like that's how it started. He started on DeGrassi. I mean, I was—we were just talking
1: oh, about because yeah. we—we it popped up on uh, my YouTube. You know, we sit here and watch music videos, and me and Minnie were talking about Drake, and I'm like, this dude started on DeGrassi, and then mm-hmm. started dropping mixtapes with Lil Wayne, dedication, and all kinds of shit. I remember old Drake, the mixtape Drake, and then to see what he's done and how influential he might—he might be the most influential artist of all time. Like as far as like not yet how not much, yet. but not how yet. much he's. He's and I'm not like here to debate, you know, rappers and who's the best. And, but as far as how long he's been on top and how many col- collabs he's done and and his awareness oh,
0: and how much he's influenced culture, holy saying. shit! Yeah, it's, yes. it's um, I mean, like say, I don't, I don't think he's he's eclipsed maybe like Michael Jackson. Or oh like some, yeah, some I of mean, like ever. But like and he's motherfucker. By the end of his career, is gonna be goddamn close, if not on top. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's. It's crazy to think about, but yeah, I mean, to think that you started somewhere
0: of an idea, and it yep. led to that yep. moment of selling up. So, so, that, so that, like the cool thing about that, like, and I've wrote in my emails, I, I like even made a fucking TikTok I, like video about because I kept like the idea was ingrained in my head of like this dude started maybe even lower than like the people watching that video I made or like reading my email or like he started with less, mm-hmm. like resources and things available like than we have than so many other people have like. And, the, and it still happened. Like this dude still just went out there and was the man in the arena and fucking made it happen. Like it gets me so hyped up. Like I, I've always been like a, a pretty big Drake fan. Mm-hmm. His mu- music is epic, and the dude's a fucking hustler, and a worker. But and I've I've even seen him live already before. I am at Honda, and it's like that he was fucking sick at Honda. Like I don't know, back when I was like in high school, like 18. It was like literally like seven years ago. He was sick. That concert was fucking. Terrible compared to how sick this one was, and the first one was epic. It was awesome, but like this, this new one was like he he was. I keep saying it, dude. He was the man in the arena. And that night got even crazier because my other meditation is the money tree meditation, which you've done before, mm-hmm. right? So you, you go up and you visualize this this tree, and uh, it's like the tree. It's like literally money does grow on this tree, and you walk into the tree, and then like uh, money falls down. It's like this visualization thing. I saw the fucking tree outside the Colise- Coliseum. That's nice. I saw the real tree I envisioned. And literally, I like, was walking, walking with them. And I was like, uh, hey, guys, hold on. Like, stop. And they're like, what? I'm like, because I've sent it to them, too. And I was like, this is the tree. And they're like, what? And I was like, this is the money tree. And I was like, I literally had to go up to it and like knock on it. And I just said, thank you. I didn't ask anything. Didn't say anything else. But I was just like, thank you. Like, I don't know why. I don't know what I did to deserve that moment earlier tonight. And to walk back towards the car and see this tree. I know this sounds like some woo-woo universe shit, but also it's gotten me so far to where I'm at now, and I'm pretty fucking happy now. So I'm, I'm going to woo-woo myself to a, another level this year. That's fine with me. It's, it's, but it's like, it was fucking crazy, that, It was nuts. It was a surreal night.
1: It's a real night. Well, it's insane. And, and the perspective I, I get when you talk about what comes up for me is, like, you talked about his resources. and all you have is what you have in front of you or what are you going to do with it? I mean, like you can't, you know, the past, you can't, and the future, you can't think about like, what do I have right now? The resources in front of me, what's the next step I can take to make these dreams come true. And it makes me think of these artists that we put on this pedestal, right? And Drake. And I watched that Billie Eilish uh, documentary and. Oh, I still haven't seen it, but yeah, you and, you and Mindog love it. Dude. Well, you know, it's crazy because, you know, she starts, she makes this album in her fucking room with her brother.
0: Yeah, And then she goes yeah, up and
1: gets, like, yeah. five Grammys.
0: A the- John Lindahl shit. Yeah,
1: and then she goes up and gets, like, five Grammys, and then you're seeing one concert where her ankle's fucked up and she goes out there and tries to perform and breaks down. Like, you forget that these people are human. Like, Drake is going out too poor. F- like, he's going to perform in front of 100,000-plus, like you said, millions in streams, and, like, you're watching one person. Or it's like the mm-hmm. um, true story, the Kevin Hart, um, the new Kevin Hart show. Yeah, It makes me think of yep. comedians, like, yo, dude, you're going to make 100,000-plus people laugh. Like, people are coming to watch you just tell jokes, you know, and, and you're yep. performing, and you're still human. And you know that they – I wonder – I would love to – Um, the, the high-level dudes, you know, like Drake and Kevin Hart, the top of the of the food chain in, in their respected genres, like, what's their pregame like? You know, what's going through their head? What little things do they do to get them on track and you know, sure. really pick the minds of the uncommon? I know mean, obviously the, those are our goals, you know, on this podcast is to get – People like that on here to really dive deep into the brain and uh, of of how they work and how they got there and the things that worked and
0: didn't and you know sure. it's fucking crazy to think about though you know yeah and you know who else I was thinking about um because that's funny I've actually had that like idea I've had that thought since um since I've had it like about Kevin Hart too because you keep bringing that up I definitely had it about Drake and Kanye going out there and performing in front of that many people mm-hmm. and I was also thinking about like uh, Steph Curry last night just broke Ray Allen's three point record so now he's now he he holds the record for most three points. <laughs> Three pointers ever. I'm like that dude. Also has this routine to be there because you ask everybody. You go back to look in every scouting report. Like he was some dude from Davidson College. That's good. Like, like, it, it. His dad wasn't in the NBA, so like it's not like he started from nowhere, right? At at all. Um, his dad wasn't the dude in the NBA by any means. But like still, you know, he, he had he had. But like nobody, like besides Steph probably picked like saw him like whenever he picked up back basketball people probably saw him and was like Yeah he's he he probably gonna be like a good eighth eighth man like he's gonna be the third or fourth guy off the bench like alright and that dude ended up he shoots differently than anybody else in the league and he has the most three pointers of all time and we we have been playing basketball for so long and this dude is like nah man I'm gonna be the best and this fucking went out of there and, and has scored the most three pointers of all time. Like where he does not have, like, the frame and, like, the look and the shot and any of it. And he's just fucking kind and nice and respectful. And people fucking love Steph. Like, what? That dude just went out there and created that. Boy, mm-hmm. well, there there comes a point where
1: you just crazy go all fucking in on yourself. And, like, the thing is, like, no one's going to believe it if you don't. So if you don't truly fucking believe it... In your heart that you're gonna make whatever it is happen and really bet on yourself and go all in. Like who the hell else is like? You have to have that energy. You know what I mean? And it's funny because you know, like you said coming up, going to Davidson or like McGregor when he's 18 years old saying he's gonna
0: be a double champ and he's some nobody in fucking Ireland and he's broke as fuck. Yeah, laying like concrete, yeah. like in bathrooms in like in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Those stories about McGregor when he tells him gives me well, chills. It's,
1: it's it's the ultimate bet on yourself, bro. It's like. It's always crazy until it's not. And it's like the documentation, like documenting things. Like people are like, what are you filming? What are you documenting? Like, this is the story, bro. Like this is the story of your life. And you are you are the author and you are the director. You're in control of this documentary all the fucking time. And it's like the only differences between all these people that we talk about, this is something that um, I've been diving into, but it's like the most common factor between all successful people is just consistency over time. They just never fucking stopped. They just kept yep. going. They're not doing anything better than you. They're not doing anything. I mean, obviously the thing they're doing better is probably, you know, working They're they're up all the time, but I'm saying like they're, they're ordinary people. These are ordinary people that just made you yep. happen and went all in on themselves, you know, and it's yep. fucking insane to think about you and me and anybody that's listening is capable of doing something fucking great. You just have to put in the work and it's going to take work.
0: And the, the, the craziest thing about consistency is is like uh, obviously the compound effect, right? But the thing about the compound effect when it comes to work is that everybody has this baseline of stuff. Stuff like I call it the floor, right? They have like, which is the lowest level of acceptable shit. Like the stuff that you yourself is willing to accept of like your own work ethic, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that was hard to say. <laughs> um, like your floor for that, like sometimes you like give in a little bit easier. I, you know, like when you're first starting out, like you, cause you don't know how much it really takes, mm-hmm. right? So in year one, you, you you only work, for example, easy mathematical thing, it's like you only work 10 hours a week, right? And then all of a sudden, like year six, you realize that like, oh my God, my baseline now is like, my minimum is 37 hours a week. And like, that's your like minimum floor. Like that's like, that's your normal. Mm-hmm. And that is what the compound effect is, is that at the bare minimum, your floor just gets higher. Yeah. Which means the ceiling also, I'm sure gets way higher, right? But we don't. We'll never really, truly know the capacity of any ceiling, because who knows how far a human being can really go? People like Drake and Kevin Hart are like, and McGregor and Steph are showing us like, holy shit, you know? People like Alicia Keys are showing us like, holy shit, like, the ceiling could be way fucking higher than I imagined. Yeah, you know? Or even Ed, Ed but, Sheeran. But the floor gets fucking higher and higher and higher, which is the most important part.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Ed Sheeran like comes out and talks about how he was a shitty singer, like he sucked at singing. Mm-hmm. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck? Like you sucked at singing mm-hmm. at some point, but you just kept working. And the thing about the compound effect is consistency is invisible, dude. Like you can't see you can't see what you're building until it's built. Like it's it's the most yes. fucked up concept because there's times where you're like, God, I feel lazy or I need to do more, you know. But but you're you are consistently pounding, and it's that one percent daily that you keep stacking. That like you said, it's just like fitness for me. Like I feel like if you're like, the whole diets and and this and and, and seasons of shred and but like. If you create consistent, healthy habits over time, your body floor rises. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for five, six, seven years consistently. I'm not, if I take two weeks off, it's going to be way different than when I took two weeks off three years ago, right? Like my body's not going to change as much. I've created a new standard. And like you said, the the floor, right? It's creating these healthy habits and being consistent. It's not going to the extremes all the time and fluctuating. It's being here. It's never good, never bad. You're just consistent.
0: Yes. Yes. I fucking love thing. that and that's
1: And it's, it's going into, you know, obviously, like, I don't want consistency in my life as far as, like, I know what tomorrow brings. Because um, I, I love the unknown. I like, and as much as I'm so yep. scared of it and I struggle in it, I love being and not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. Tomorrow could be the day that changes my life. You know, I'm very, you know, that's kind of the thing that's taken me away from sports is, like, sports is very repetitive and what happens, right, in the seasons. And you live your life yeah. one season at a time, so your life goes by like this. It's like one season at a time is how you live your life. So just – but the whole consistency over time thing has just really hit me with, like, all these successful people that we, you know, put on these pedestals. and But no one sees the work that it took to get there. No one saw the – you know, and Kevin Hart talks about that in his in his show. And he's like, man – his brother's like, man, you're all famous and shit. I think I already talked about this, but I'll talk about it again. And he's like, yeah, man, but you didn't see the days when, when I was struggling. And you, didn't, you don't see the days I'm still struggling. I'm, I'm a
0: human. You know, like, I built this, but it's been – it's, been but, years, uh, it's a big years Sean work. The fucking big Sean quote was like, yeah, I guess it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. Fuck you guys. Well, it's true. Like he says that, and I'm like, that's the most gangster thing ever because like, yeah. And only he knows. Yeah. But also that's all that's the only person has to know. There's a, there's a new
1: guy I'm, I'm following. His name's Stephen Bartlett. He's the author of happy, sexy Millionaire. Yeah. And he has a, um, yeah. And he has a yep. cool yep. podcast. It's like in the, it's like, a, it's about CEOs and stuff. um, and he's pretty much talking about, like, everybody just wants a fucking magic pill. And that's what Instagram and instant gratification and social media has done is, like, oh, get... He's, like, it's all clickbait. He's, like, get six, uh, get get a six-pack in one week. Like, no, like, it's not how shit works, you know? There's no magic pill. It's like
0: Snapchat stories. Oh, my God. The magic pill. You know, you know like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing ever. It's consistency ever, but... over time.
1: That's what the magic pill is, is fucking consistency. And it sucks. And that's why yeah. not everybody is yeah. successful because it takes <laughs> uh-huh. fucking a long time. And it's hard to, to wrap your head around that when you're in the mud and you're at your lowest and you're struggling and you're, you know, deciding whether to eat and get gas and you have to fucking get money together to pay rent. Like these times are necessary to build for this story. You have to go yes. through these times. Like you can't just skip chapters. You can't just go, yeah, I'm going to be successful. Cause then you don't know what it took to get there. There's no meaning behind it. Cause it was just given to you. You got to have these fucking shitty low dark times in order to get to these highlight places because you have to know what it feels like to get there. You can't just magically
0: appear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. And it makes me really happy that you brought up like the uh, idea of, of like fitness and, and physical wellness right now too. Um, Cause like for me right now, I am in probably the best overall shape I've been in like, maybe like two years. And the craziest thing about this is that for the first time ever, because um, I've always been the waves guy. Like, I, I I, get fucking in crazy good shape, and then I get really comfortable. And then I start, like, once I get in better shape, right, I start making more money because everything about my whole life gets better because I'm in better shape, obviously. And all of a sudden, I get comfortable. And because I have more money, I get doordash more. And then all of a sudden, I tell myself I deserve, like, a beer. And all of a sudden, I deserve four beers. And then all of a sudden... I deserve a lot of beers, and all of a sudden they're IPAs, and they're really heavy, and I'm fat again. And welcome, welcome to like every fucking March of the last five years of my life. But now, uh, in the last like three months, I was like, dude, okay. At first, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get in really, really good shape really fast. And I was like, you know what? How about we just get in really good shape over the next, next six, six months? My goal was six months. Because usually, I, I, I will lose like 15 pounds in 30 days. And then, like, by month four, it's back on, you know, because that's – I just – I yo-yo, like, crazy, right? Because I go so zero to a million discipline type of stuff, right? And now this time, like, I haven't really cut out anything, like, that I I want. Like, I still drink when I want. I still eat when I want. Like, I I make healthier choices, but, like, now I want to, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, they're easy to make now, right? And I've lost, like – I've lost my 15 pounds. I I've I usually lose like 15 pounds again, like I said, like in like 30 days, but like I hate those 30 days. I go so gnarly, right? And I train harder than like at my normal baseline of yeah. like training, right? So now over the last like three months, I've I lost 15 pounds and then put on like seven pounds of muscle-ish. I, I mean, I look better than I've looked in a while, but like I feel great. And my diet is like my normal diet, Well, you've created healthy yep. habits. You just been yeah, sustainable. So I've been finally fucking done it
1: right. Extremes aren't sustainable when you're no, cutting like crazy and going seventy five hard, and you're like super strict. Yeah, like there needs to be flow, yes. and and that's how I thought about it when Ian was talking about money and letting money flow. You can't restrict mm-hmm. one side. You have to have its duality, and we're about to get into that, right? Of the yin yeah. and yang, chaos yeah. and order. Um, and I talked about this uh, in one of my emails I just sent. The easy things to do are also easy not to do. And it takes me back to when I was a walk-on. That's and, a
0: great quote. No. Say, that again. Well,
1: Say that again. Easy things, <laughs> the things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. So like yep. I said, it took yep. me back to when I was a walk-on. And you had to do everything right. The easy thing to do is showing up a little bit early, staying a little bit after, doing a little extra, right? And it's the little things compounding that And then get you ready for a spot, get a spot on the field, do good with a little, earn more, right? And then once I got Torino my first of the year, I got hurt, I got content, I got comfortable. I stopped doing the little things that got me there. So when you're doing the easy things consistently that nobody else is doing because they're too easy, you gain that edge. And then when you get comfortable, you lose that edge. You lose what makes you you. What makes you uncommon is your work ethic, your mind, the little things that you do consistently that nobody else does. So when you stop doing that, you stop. You stop giving the best parts of you. You lose the
0: edge that makes you you. You know what I'm saying? So yep. when you're doing the extreme, you I, don't have that. I still have, like, a story of, of me fucking doing exactly that. That, like, yeah, it's one of those swift kicking kick the ass type of stories. So when I was an intern um, at uh, Common Third Collective, like, the coolest agency ever, greatest place in the world I've ever worked, right? When I was an intern, it was a 12-week internship. I was, um, for 12 weeks... I would say every day for 10 and a half weeks I was out in front of the building waiting for somebody to open the building up every single morning. And I would still be there with, there's five partners that owned it with one or two of the partners, just me and him working alone for like an hour. And most days we never talked. He went and did his thing. Like they were doing, go and do their thing and I would do my thing. But there was like maybe six or seven different conversations throughout those like 10 and a half weeks that, all, I was the only one able to have those conversations because I was the only fucking person there Inc- out of like 80 people. It was like this, one of the CEOs It was like the managing partners sometimes or like the other or one of the other like major, major partners. And then just me. Right. And I was at that point, like 20 or either was like 20 years old. Um, and I'm not even talking about crazy early. Like, I, I'd be there like by like six thirty, six forty-five some, some mornings. It's not like I was there like four, right? Mm-hmm. Like because nobody else would be showing up. It's not cool to just to sit in your car alone for four hours. Like that doesn't prove anything. I mean, anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I've been there,
1: and it's stupid. I've done that. I, yeah, I, exactly, you know, beat like meet Lucas Weber to the locker room every day and just just, just do
0: it, <laughs> and it was stupid. I gave up because I didn't. But, but like that resulted in, um, out of the internship, most of the like the there was only three of us that that made it there after out of a hundred applicants. Only three of us got internships. Right. So I I ended up being one of the three. And then the other two, um, one of them got hired at the agency, right? Like that, that was like kind of the goal. The other one like had a job offer from the agency, but decided to go back to college. And like, they're just wicked smart. They're both wicked smart, way smarter than I am. They're cool of the coolest people ever. But then those, that agency also owned an incubator. So they own their own brands. So like when you have a marketing agency, you do marketing for other brands but like at the end of the day, there's only so much you can put into it because it's not your brand, right? Like there's only so much you can do. And there's only – you care as much as you can, but you're never going to care as much as like when it's your actual yes. brand, right? And that same group of people owned their own brands too, separately in a completely different holding company, right? They hired me to be a brand manager for one of their own companies. They're like, no, no, no. We don't want you for the agency. We want, we want you to manage our own – one of our own brands. That we only own three, and we want you to be the brand manager for one of them. And I literally asked them why one time. They're like, because nobody else showed up like you did. Nobody else did that the show. but so it, exactly. So I, I got the job. I did all the, I did the walk on mentality type stuff after that internship. Right. And it was like, it was like the, the, the $12 an hour or $15 an hour, whatever it was turned into like, wait, you're going to pay me a salary. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a shit what it is. Like, you know, some <laughs> you know, I mean, with my friends and I'm like, nah, bro, I'm salaried. And they're gonna like do the math and be like, "You literally make less than me." I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter, bro. Mine, mine says salaries, yours says hourly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, right." But I got comfortable as fuck, and I got—I literally, the the company, one of the, one of the companies that like impacted all of the revenue, all the stuff, whatever. Too many details. But like, uh, two of the people in the company got laid off, and I was one of them. And like, I can admit now, looking back, at it, like, bro, I got super complacent. I w- i made it at that point. I made it at that point in my life. And I, I stopped shooting higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And I got, I walked in one morning, and they're like, hey, Luke, come here. And I thought it was like a meeting. It was like 7 in the morning. I thought it was like a regular thing. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like, oh, this – we both had different visions of what this meeting was about right now. Cool. All right. And then looking back, I'm like, yeah, I fucking fell off. I deserved that shit so bad. I'm looking back at it. I'm shocked I, le- I, I survived that longer. I am shocked they didn't let me go earlier. I, dude, I fucking was so content because it was it was ten times more money I'd ever made, and I was twenty-one. Right? It wasn't anything like fucking bonkers money at all, but like for me it, as a twenty-one-year-old kid, like living in an apartment with my brother, I'm like bro, I made it. Yeah, I was I was fucking Drake at that point in my life, right there. Yeah,
1: I think what I've been seeing too, and and I think kind of your story illustrates it is like. When you chase results, it's easy to get complacent because you eventually hit the result. You manifest that you work towards it. When you get that result, you're like, I made made it. When you fall in love, I actually like, you know, the trust the process, fall in love with the process. It's because the process just keeps restarting. It's the same Mm -hmm. process, just at different levels of your life from the intern to the salary. And then you want to work salary to get to, you know, like when you become complacent, lose that edge, you know, lose the, 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 all those things that make you, you. Like once you, that's chasing the result. You want a specific result, and once you get it, you lose the habits that got you the job in the first place. The showing up early. It's like uh Les Feldman told me that shit too. I remember this last season. Um, I was working at uh, the off season. I was working at Togethership, so I had to go at like five o'clock in the morning when Les would first work out to get my workout I went in with him for the day, and then go to work. And that whole deal. I was running around like crazy, but um. It was when he started w- uh, waking up early again, and he's like, he's like, bro, he's like, I started slipping. He's like, and I remembered what made me me, and it was waking up fucking yep. early and doing this, yep. and getting it, you know, and when you stop doing that shit, you lose your edge, man, and and um, it's a slippery slope. Sure. And sometimes you need to lose your edge every once in a while to, to realize that you need to kick in
0: the ass, you know, and, yeah. and it happens. I, I, I for sure. I agree with that. I for sure agree with that. Yeah, you know, I, I really believe that, like, you you do, like, you need to lose some shit yeah. sometimes.
1: Um, it's like when I got fat. I, mean, all when I came days. back, and you told me I was fat and from college. Yeah, was <laughs> really funny is that, yeah, that day.
0: Literally, you you were fat. I was, and but yeah. now that I'm thinking about, like, I think about like my fat versus your fat. Like, no, you weren't fat. You were <laughs> just bulky, I, mm, motherfucker. I I will outfat you in a fucking party. You want to go right now? I will outfat the shit out of you. But it's I, I know how to I know how to drink the fat. That's easy, bro.
1: It's really easy. <laughs> I think. um... At the end of the day, what it comes down to is the balance, right? Um, and it's the it's the idea of duality that we talk about. Um, you know, and duality is just is like opposites, contrasting, you know, between each other. Um, it's a concept of two aspects of something. There's two of them. There's duality. You know, it's, it's an opposite, right? So yin and yang, order and chaos, right? Uh, yep. And it was a crazy thing when I was reading the 12 rules of life, and it talked about the yin and yang and pretty much talked about, you yep. know, the serpents you know there's the masculine and there's the feminine and there's chaos and it's order and the little dots in each serpent indicate that there can be a transformation at any time when there's order at any time chaos can abruptly occur and the same thing if there's chaos order can set into place to control the chaos right at any time um and i think balance is is the ultimate you know testament to to consistency like we talked about you can't go to the extremes in in any scenario. And I think that's just kind of the people we are too. It's like, you know, we talk about the different energies of of masculine and feminine. And I felt like growing up and being in sports and our environments where we were raised, it was just overly masculine, right? Oh, you can't show weakness. You can't show signs of, of weakness of being tired of, of, you know, you're always on and you're so aggressive and your feelings and you can't, you know, you can't show that weakness. And um, when you go to the extreme of that, you don't even find out who you really are or your holistic full express self because we have to have the, the feminine energy as well. You have to be intact yep, with yep. both energies um, and find balance to find out who you really are. Dude,
0: and uh, so it's like interesting when you think about like uh, because there's so many people in life still now, and especially like uh, basically the boomers, people that are our parents, right? Like that generation of people that, that are our parents. Um, masculine people like what they view masculine is like fucking assholes like dickheads is like it's cool to be like that type of person and like obviously it's fucking not but then you start to think about like how they were raised i, I had this like thought the other night of like because my, my dad is just like your dad like our dads are those types of like that's what masculinity is like you know be that demanding guy where it's like if you come off as like dickhead or an asshole like doesn't matter fuck you you're a pussy like that's a that's a terrible way to live you are an asshole you know yeah that's what you are you're an asshole but uh then you you think about it like what that person grew up with that person grew up with parents who went through the fucking who went through world war one the great depression and world war two yeah went through a dude named hitler literally killing millions of a group of people like if that happened now when we went through it yeah, that would fuck me up real bad. Absolutely, it's stability, that right? Stability. And so it, it makes you think about like holy shit, like that's that's what your parents went through. Yes, like your parents went through like the Great Depression. Like, like time out. What like two thousand eight? The the worst parts of two thousand eight. Like we still had the internet. We still had like, Google. We still had opportunities that like people back in. 1929 and 1932 would, would never fucking have mm-hmm. Like that, like, they didn't even know would ever be exist, be created. Yes, and 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 so it's like one of those things you have you have to take both of them with a grain of salt, Absolutely. you know, because all, all the stuff. But like, also you start make sure you start to realize, like, I I get to, I understand a little bit more like why you are the way you are because I can only imagine what your dad was like. What, I can only imagine what your fucking mom was, even like. how we ex- how they
1: expressed love, that like how oh expressed. yeah, so. It's it's a crazy uh, concept, but it brings me to the labeling theory. I've been tripping about the labeling theory because I've
0: yeah you mentioned this a little bit lately. You made you made a video about it, but like this is this is new to me. So yeah, riff on this because I'm here learning with the rest yeah. of the people. So the labeling theory is pretty much
1: putting yourself in a box because of the labels that other people place on you. You start to act and behave and identify as labels that others have placed on you society has placed on you your parents have placed on you your coaches right perfect example for me was i got slower in college because i was t- i was consistently told that i was not a deep threat hey f- you're not a deep threat guys stop trying to be a deep threat stop trying to be a deep threat stay in your lane stay in your lane and i wasn't growing and i wasn't i was losing speed i wasn't i wasn't a fucked up i was in this box mentally too like oh i can't do that i can't do that that's not my that's not my shit. And four minute mile, dude. Coach, four minute I let a coach label me, like, and then now, fuck. I mean, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm probably the fastest I ever have been. I think I'm a fucking deep threat now. I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's it's funny, and that's what I'm done. Dumb-
0: you hear that, Bill? You hear that, Bill? But, yeah, you hear yeah. that, motherfucker? Yeah.
1: If, if, uh, if Bill's listening, you know, I'm still ready. But um, <laughs> but with the craft, you fucking hear that? But it, or as an athlete, we're labeled as athletes. We identify as athletes. Oh, you're an athlete? No, that's not who I am. I'm Caleb Fossum, but even names like being labeled, like who are you without your name, your occupation, you know? And what I stumbled upon is I am a human being that strives to connect with other human beings. Like that's, that's what I am. That's who I am. I love connection and without
0: any labels. And it's something that we all fall into. Right. And and so fuck i'm having i'm having things now that like i'm having my own internal memories of shit like dude what the fuck yeah Yeah. you're
1: limited because of what you were told but that comes back to you only know what you know and your parents only know what they know because of their parents and so this whole it's up to us to break the pattern it's up to us to tap into our feminine energy and show what it really means to be a quote-unquote man right i think you know the whole thing of of this masculine culture because yeah like you go through things and you start to raise the next generation. So that doesn't happen. We try to avoid too many things. So we go to the extreme of, you know, the raising and all this. Oh, I don't want, I want them to be better than me. So they're not going to go what I had to go through, but everybody has their own journey and they got to find it on themselves. Yep. And so it's yep. the label like, Oh, you're not a man. <laughs> well, if you do this I, or you express this and that's the label yeah. of a
0: fuck. Fl- like, no, you're putting yourself in a box and you're limiting yourself. It's like the label or the limit theory, Yeah, the limit, it's like, even if, even if it's not, there's not a label, like if somebody gives you a limit, like you I, there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that'd be like, fuck you. I'm going to break the limit. Like, and and they're like, you know, gonna, yeah. but even them a little bit, even them a little bit are going to be like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe they're right. Like if they struggle to hit that limit. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's Roger Bannister, four minute mile idea. Yes. Like nobody had ever ran it ever. Right. So if, if, and if, 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 and it's did, not possible. He did. Yeah. I just saw a car go at least 120 miles an hour right here. Fuck. That was crazy. That was a Porsche too. I could tell by the Taylor. <laughs> um, your yeah, parents are from Detroit. I know, Carson. Um, but, like, okay, yeah, so nobody, nobody had ever run a four-minute mile before ever, yeah. right? And then Roger Bannister ran a 359.4. That's fucking, fucking bonkers. And then 52 people ran it within 12 months. Yeah, because never you know it's before. possible. We talked about that before. The Wright brothers and airplanes. 1,300 people have done it since. Yeah. 1,300 people have done it since. But it makes me think about, like, yeah, growing up, like, and you, you know this right away. My arm sucked. When I was playing shortstop or third, right? But I was—I kept being told my arm sucks, so I never worked on it. And I worked on my hands, yes. right? So if I ever really, ninety-nine percent of my errors I made from short or third or throwing yes errors. they weren't fielding mm-hmm. errors, like right? And I'm like, motherfucker, I, I can catch yeah yeah But then I just—I so I, I never long talked I never did anything because I was like, you know, fuck it. You're Doctors, right. You're right. My, my arm sucks. Yes, but then I yes, also yes. got told, growing up, I, I was a power hitter, which is. Uh, great. And then all of a sudden, like I got, I'm like, holy shit, these pictures are like way better when we're older. It's fucking crazy how that works. <laughs> and i like, but like 16, 17, 18, like I was told by by scouts and other people, it's like hey, it's like stop trying to spring for the fences. Like stop trying to do that. And then look, one preseason game, our senior year, I hit a home run. Right? The next, I again, I, had, I hadn't hit a home run since like freshman year, so I hit a home run on the varsity field, uh, our senior year. And I I hadn't hit a ball out in practice or games or anything in the varsity field ever, right? And that was on Saturday because we had had a weekend game. That Monday, first batting practice, my first 10 swings, I hit a ball out. And I was like, what the holy fuck just happened? Yeah, it clicked again. And it made me realize, like, bro, like, what? And then literally it happened again playing a slow-pitch softball this year. And everybody was just, like, saying, like, dude, these bats suck, these rules of land, whatever. Like, nobody's hitting any outs. so like I never really tried, right? Like, like I kind of tried, but, like, I guess I didn't really try. And then a the kid, Cooper, on our team, hit a fucking bomb home run. Fucking see ya. My next 2 out at-bats, I hit the fence and one-hopped the fence. And I was like, wait, timeout, I hadn't come within 100 feet of the fence before. But then I, like, finally swung and all of a sudden added 100, 150 feet to the ball. And I was like, time out. What, that's, a, that's a metaphor for life right there. What the fuck just happened to me? Dude, what, what came up for
1: me during that whole time was this idea that I was told when I was a kid, or I wasn't told this, actually. A coach said it behind my back, and my dad heard it. The coach said, Fossum's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. And then I heard—
0: Ooh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and then
1: I heard on The Bachelorette, which is funny, or maybe, yeah, The Bachelorette, one of the contestants was like, I know being well-rounded isn't sexy. And I always think about, look where sports is starting to turn to, right? Um, Sports is starting to turn to athletes. Being well-rounded, that can play different positions. Can be utilized in different places, utility guys. Like Chris Taylor just got fucking paid. That dude plays seven positions for the Dodgers. Exactly. He's not, he's good at everything. He's not great at anything. He's Mr. fucking consistent. He's going to be good wherever you put him. When you're great at something, you're neglecting a lot of other places that there could potentially be weaknesses. And those are limitations, right? That's set on coaches. And so here's the deal when you get told something by scouts or whatever, hey, you should switch to this, you should stay in this lane, you should do that. I understand it to a certain extent of like, hey, you would be most successful in this position, right? But I don't think you should just completely neglect the things to to well-round your game to be able to do different things. I think this is where it's starting to go. And this is how I kind of feel about my life. Like I'm not really – you can't put me in a box. I can't be labeled as one thing. I do so much different shit, and I think I'm good, I'm good at a lot of different shit. I'm not going to stop doing shit that I'm good at and love to do to focus on one thing and then lose the ability to tap into those other things, right? Because I think being well-rounded also helps you with – with other with other things in those related fields being athletic is going into positions it's not you know if you're a pitcher being athletic still you know like just just being well-rounded and being able to do different things i think just helps you overall
0: dude so ah oh, this is actually bringing me up this is actually bringing up uh something that minnie said to me like two or three months ago um so i i have this like uh, this thing um this way i go about life if i hear something impactful to me i go okay I don't know if that makes sense for me or not, but for the next 30 days, I'm going to live as if that statement is fact, like it, or I mean, basically true. The fact that you just use fact is going to make you laugh. But like, so say somebody says something and I find it intriguing. I go, okay, so I'm going to live as if that's true for 30 days. Right. So I I said something, I don't even remember what we were talking about. It was you, me and Minnie. And uh, she goes, well, there are no coincidences. And I'm like, Okay. For the next thirty days, I'm gonna live as as if that is it, like that statement is true. So anything that happens, just let's see where it goes. Full blown surrender, mm-hmm. right? Fucking immaculate. What's happened since? Fucking immaculate, right? So I challenge anybody listening to this: is like, do that challenge with this statement. There are no facts. Nothing is 100% facts. Just no, everything's so there's, the some, there's, some, there's, some, there's some common sense shit of like two plus two is four. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. Thanks, like, analytical brain. If, if you're stuck on that shit, you analytical brain, you just like me, get the fuck out of there. But like for the shit that you are, like if you get told that something's supposed to be a certain way, that fucker doesn't know. It's not fact. It is not fucking fact. Mm-hmm. Your mom does not know all the facts. Or people challenges it does not know all the facts. Go see for yourself. That's bro. Yeah, that's the
1: rule. I think is like, you need to go see for yourself. You're told all these things, you're labeled certain ways, you're limited by society and other people, your upbringing, go see for yourself. You're told something doesn't taste good. You're told something isn't supposed to do that. You're told you can't do yes. that. Go see for yourself, yes. go push those limits. And it's funny cause you talked about surrender. It's a, I've really learned anxiety, surrendering, um, being parent, whatever it is that you wanna label yourself as that you have, right? And those are all real things. They're muscles. They are also muscles. You have to grow them. Right? Like you have to grow. Like I'm listening to the surrender experiment, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna start surrendering. Here it is. This is it. I read this book. I'm just gonna start surrendering. And I keep failing and I'm but I'm putting so much pressure and expectations on myself, like why am I not surrendering? Exactly. Yes. And the case is it's a muscle, bro. You don't get you don't get abs in fucking one week. You don't do things and there's no magic pill right it's it's consistency over time and building and compounding and that goes with surrendering anxiety you have to put yourself in the situations in the arena of whatever it is that exposes those feelings whatever it is that that triggers those feelings and makes you feel that way you have to put yourself yep. in those uncomfortable situations yep. to grow that muscle to be like oh okay like yep. one thing i could talk about is minnie like she struggles with like anxiety with doctors like right, like just hates doctors yeah. she gets really fucking like start yeah my mom's yeah like she just can't handle it and she's been having Uh a jaw issue and she went to the um doctor but all the whole day leading up was like usually the whole day is gonna be like she's on edge right and the whole day was great and up until she went in and she went in and she handled it and she came out and she was like oh my god that was a lot better than i expected." like than i expected and it's like you're growing that muscle of 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 your anxiety with the doctors right like you're being put in these situations and you have no choice but to either give in and always feel that way or start to grow and understand and get one. Per- oh, today, you know, I didn't do what I did last time. I got a little better and just each visit or whatever the case is. And it's fucking hard. Yep. It's hard to, Will Will Smith said, man, you learn something one day, you can learn something one day, but it takes the rest of your life to apply it, uh, you know, try yep. it, and learn. It takes the rest of your life to learn these things, you know? So it, it's, yeah. it's, not
0: one of my favorite questions I've ever heard asked, it wasn't even asked to me, um, was by one of my smartest people you know, I've ever met, Jordan Palmer, like, you know, one of my best friends, business partners, all this stuff, right? And he, he like asked like his group of kids, what's really funny, he'll ask these like, groups of like 12 and 13-year-old quarterbacks, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a good question for me. And I'm like 24, 25-year-old fucking grown man. I'm like, I wish, I'm annoyed it's taken me this long that people have asked to, like, to hear that question. Like, I could only imagine me 12 and hearing this question yeah. and having to think about it. Like, that'd be an incredible impact on my life. And one of it was, it was something along the lines, I'm going to butcher it, but it was like something along the lines of like, what is your favorite non-actual muscle muscle to work out? And he, so then he was, he asked it, I was like, so what is like your favorite like emotional or mental thing to work out? And I was like, I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't work out anything like mentally or emotionally. Like, and and he's like, he's talking about like reps, like not working like out, like solving a problem, like actually going through reps of doing something. And he's like, your life will change when you start giving yourself confidence reps, start doing things that build confidence. Mm -hmm. If you build the confidence muscle, everything else changes because it's like, if you even feel at all bad about a situation, every time it ends up like 92% of the time, it ends up like pretty shitty or, or it ends up not at least as good as it could have been. Right. But you go into any situation with a slight bit of confidence, an ounce of confidence. It's like, Okay, shit, it turned out how I thought it would, but I feel good about it. Or, hey, it turned out better than I thought. That's, my That's also, you do that You do that, you do that, you do that. Yeah. And now you walk in and you're like, bro, this is going to turn out fucking epic, and I'm I'm seeing it right now. It's going to turn out even better. It's going to turn out better than I can ever imagine. So that, that I've actually been thinking about the uh, – have you ever read the 10X rule by Grant Card- Cardone? Mm-hmm. That's a, so you should totally read that book. Do you know who Grant Cardone is? I'm sure you've seen him on social. If you don't like remember uh, the name, I yeah, I've probably seen. Him. Yeah. He's, he's V. Like he's he's a social entrepreneur guy. Um, uh, he has this idea of a 10x rule. A lot of people fucking hate this guy because he he's he's just he's a little over the top. He's a lot, but also dude's almost a billionaire. Dude, dude has two billion dollars under uh, management in his fund. Like the dude's a dude that's he's so up there. He like he doesn't give. Up he's doing fuck, something you know, Yeah, it. yeah. It's like bro, I don't know. Say what you want, bro. Like and he used to be a drug addict. So, we went from a homeless drug addict to, to, to that. dude. Dude's figured life out pretty fucking well. So, the basic idea of like the 10X rule type of stuff is like, whatever your highest goal is, right? Say you want to make 100 grand in 2022. 10X it. Your new goal is a million. And it goes through the whole book is like the idea of like why he can justify it, it makes sense, all, a bunch of stories. It's not like, a, all just, right, cool. Now it's like right? on the moon. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's all of a sudden like, if you're, if you thought your goal was a hundred thousand and you, it's a million, all of a sudden you make $211,000 next year. You're like, holy shit. I doubled my original goal. Like, but like what a fucking confidence boost of realizing that you can do that. Yeah. Holy shit. Your entire life just changed. <laughs> it your entire, you like, literally I, I have a goal right now for like what I wanted to make, um, which it's it's funny because I don't work from like the first to the 30th. Like my mind doesn't always work that. I work in 30 day increments. So for some reason, my increments right now are the seventh to the seventh. Don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) But but, uh, I made a goal that was like, I was was doing the money meditations and I was doing a goal and it was was like maybe seven or $8,000 more than I'd ever made in my life, right? Or in a a, a month, right? And uh, within seven days, I am one thousand dollars short of my highest ever within seven days, and it's just like one of those things. Like, even if I don't reach that, I just realized within like seven days what I could fucking create. Yeah. Like, and, but I'd never done it before, and all of a sudden it's unlocked because you've, like, okay, you've never tried. Because you've never tried that. No, well, I never even gave it a fucking shot, dude. Never. I can go back to. Uh, never. We were at- fucking never. I was landing deals like this past week. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? What have I been doing for six months? What? What? What the fuck, Luke? Dude. What the fuck's going on over there, dude? One of the most, um,
1: like, I don't know, the most influential um, father figure um, successful people that I've I've been around is, is Michael Molfetta. He's, uh, you know, one of my best friends, Good Christian yep. Molfetta, his dad. Um, you know, he's a lawyer. He's, he's a business owner. Hi, Simo. <laughs> he's he's the man. But he took me and Christian to the gym one time, and he we were working out. We were like freshmen, and we went to Renaissance. It's a nice gym, and, and he was – Really like the first like really wealthy and like successful person I've I've been around like like up there you yeah, know what I mean like yeah, that yeah. dude was that's a game changer yeah, too hung around right and so nope. so Mr. Mofetta um we're benching and um, at this point I'm only I've only been able to do like 155 right um and, or maybe like 185 I think was the heaviest and then he he puts on three plates and I'm like what are you doing like I can't bench that he's like he's like man how are you ever gonna bench it if you never know what it feels like. And I was like, so he put it in my hand and he helped me spot it. And I felt it. And then I had confidence like, oh, that wasn't that heavy. He was obviously helping me. But you're like, oh, that's because I've never put on three plates before. I've never even attempted to bench 315. And that's the help of a spotter. That's the help of somebody being there and showing you what it feels like. This is what $100,000 feels like. This is what 315 pounds feels like. This is what being at the top of the game feels like. If you've never felt it, how are you ever going to be able to do that? And that's visualization. That's putting those reps. And It's uncertainty and uncertainty sucks and it's scary, but we need uncertainty. And I just wrote an email about this, but, um, Stephen Bartlett, Stephen Bartlett talks about, he said, if you can't handle uncertainty, you can't handle growth because that's where growth. You can't handle life, bro. It's it's the unknown, man. It's the beautiful things that come out of it. And sometimes it kicks us in the ass, but like, there's no coincidence, right? We talked about that. And there's this never ending circle of things that we talk
0: about. It's funny, but it's all fucking true. Dude, uh, honestly, it's like one of those things of like, if I could give a – I mean, I'm sure if I thought about this for longer than 11 seconds, I would give a different one. If I could give one, like, life hack, like, actual fucking life hack in your – just entirety of your life is surround yourself, even if you have to figure out how to borrow the funds and pay for it if you have to, how to surround yourself with somebody that can introduce you to, like, like, how things actually can be like somebody who's like doing something a certain way. Um, so, uh, here's, here's what like, where this is going. I have a friend right now that, uh, I want to hire to like help me be an assistant. Right. And right now she gets paid like an hourly wage that she's completely undervalued, like completely. I'm un- like in the, the 15 to $20, like an hour range. Right. But like, which almost every single person in the world getting paid in that is undervalued. Right. So I was like, well, what if like an example is like, what if I paid you like a thousand bucks a month? She's like, well, like what, what what do you do for that? I'm like, well, it's not about me. It's like, so what do you think you should do for that? And she was telling me and I was like, yeah, as regularly as an employer, I would like let you riff off all of these things and like, yeah, work 40 hours over the month and I'll pay you a (laughs) thousand. Sure. But I was like, no, maybe, maybe five hours a week. I, I need from you for this. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I just, right there, I saw it. Everything clicked and she was like, that's possible. If you can get anybody in your life that can give you moments like you personal moments to go, wait, that's that can happen. Your life changes. It's 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 the idea. You don't
1: know it's possible. It's It's the idea of you never want to be the best or smartest in your group of friends. You always want to be surrounded by.
0: Exactly. You want
1: to be surrounded by exactly. people that are better than you. Exactly. If you're not surrounded by people that are better than you or on the same mission as you or if you're not getting seeking advice from people that are in the fucking arena, like, right, like Dude. that are actually doing yep. the things you want to do at a high level. If you're not surrounded by those people, you're going to get complacent. You're going to stay on. You're Dude. not going to get progress because you don't know what is possible.
0: Exactly. And, and so also listeners, just stick with me here for like 27 seconds. I, I've had a Donald Donald Trump moment in my life. All right. <laughs> and people always. Uh, especially people who just, who hate him. I'm not I'm not saying anything politically or business wise at all. I'll say a little bit business wise about Donald Trump. Uh, people are always like, well, he got a million dollar loan from his dad. That that happened. It was but there's some people say it was eight million dollars. There's some people say it was a million dollars. All the stuff. Cool. At the same time, that motherfucker turned into three billion dollars. So like, let's let's give that some credit. Love, love him, Love him hate him. Love him or hate him. That math is impressive. Yes. And uh, also, I don't know all the ways he made it. All the stuff. Not important. That's not what I'm saying. But I had that type of moment, and it didn't. It didn't come with uh, somebody giving me money, right? It came with I grew up with a brother who introduced me how he he created a, a business. He, he sold these shares uh, years ago, right? M- my brother made his first million dollars from his fucking laptop in his bedroom, and I was like, wait, eight. and I, he, all of, and he started this thing when I was like seventeen. This like this project that ended up making him that money, and I was like, wait, time out. You can do what now? You can, you can just, you, you know, like the internet's not just for like addictinggames.com. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Some like stupid shit. Like you can do more than YouTube on this whole internet thing. The, the Google, what? And so I, my Donald Trump moment was like, I, I was in the same house with my brother who showed me that. And I was like, wait, time out. That's possible. that That's my Donald Trump moment. And people need to understand that. Like you can, you can seek that out and find it. It may even cost you money. And also, like every single time I, I pay mentors, I, I my entire life fucking. Gets well, you're
1: investing day. in yourself, and that's the greatest asset you can invest in. Is but,
0: but, but investing in yourself, people do not understand. People think it's spending on yourself, yeah. not investing on yourself, and people do not understand how to how to discern between the two. Well, it, it changed my life. When the I, biggest. It, in
1: the world. it changed my life when I went on that event with you because I realized that's what. It, but that's like a lot of things that you've taught me is that I've never knew were possible in different ways of, of life and and people and all kinds of things in that event showed me like this is investing in yourself, the people you meet, the relationships and what it could, pot- could yeah. potentially turn into are where he talked about the first event he went on, turned into to millions of dollars down the road in business deals and collaborations, whatever the case is. You don't know what it'll bring investing in that course or going and, and reaching out and cold messaging these fucking CEOs. See if you could work for them. See if you can learn from them, get one bit of knowledge from them, you know, ask them fucking questions like, there's yep. there's no harm in trying to see what's out there and trying to see what a better situation looks like. But if you're not surrounded or at least try to feel what it, what it feels like, you'll never see it. That's why visualization is so important because even if you don't even have the balls or, or the willingness to, to put yourself in those situations yet, it takes time, right? Yep. You can at least yep. visualize it. Visualize yep. it. Fucking have your senses turned on to what it actually feels like to hold it and see those goals and those dreams and – um, I think that's what makes me so at peace and and faith when I am in, yeah. in, in times of struggle because I'm like I know what it looks like, what it feels like. Not personally, but I've been around it. What it looks, feels like, what it Dude,
0: that's all it takes. So the the first step is being around
1: it, exactly. That's All it takes. you know, and so and I know that every successful person has to go through
0: those times. If you wanna,
1: if bro. you wanna be at the top, yeah. bro, you gotta go through it. You gotta go through it.
0: That's like the idea of like the average of the five people you hang around with, you know that t- that type of thing. But you know what else it is? It's like the age old baseballism is like hitting is contagious, bro. Success is contagious. No, fuck yeah, it is. Energy, making money, making money is the most contagious fucking thing in the world. And this is literally it's one of those things where It's like people are gonna hear this and think I'm a douche, but like this is the truth. Um, like that that person I was talking about earlier. I like when I gave her the idea of, like, riffing off of an idea of, like, $1,000 a month for, like, that amount of stuff, her hourly tripled based off that math of, like, what I asked. Because she understood
1: her value, and she understood the the actual value of exchange that, you know, her she's giving and, you know, what she should earn from that, and, like, you changed the whole
0: perspective of it. Dude, exactly right. And, and it's one of those things that like, my hourly is – which is, like, one of those, like, I don't mean to be, like, whatever about it, but it's also, we're talking about money here, so I don't actually fucking care. Mine is, like, 25X what hers is right now. If hers goes to 11X, her fucking entire universe changes. Well, it's, it's, you, you it's not not supposed to be compared to me, right? But now she knows it's possible, and we're the same age. She's older than I. You changed that for me, too, though, where you said,
1: um... Cause like you know, like we talked about the ways of making money by hourly and then by project. When I first even understood that you could charge by project, because you're like, you used to tell me like, people are like, well, do you do you want me to take a long time on it when you pay me hourly? i want gonna take a long time on it and do it, or do you want me to get it done in like one third of the fucking time and it's gonna be fine? You know what I mean? Like, you, you
0: yeah, that, forgot really, exactly no, what my, you said, my- but. Well, you know, the, the only question you have to ask if you're ever in that situation is, like, do you care how much I work or do you care how much money I make you? Yeah. Especially yeah. if, like, you do yeah, it. And, yeah. you know, it's like one of the things that's like, well, I want you to I, – I want to be sure that I'm getting my money's worth. Where it's like, exactly. So do you mean you want me to work more and, like, and like hustle for it or do you want the result? Because if you want me to hustle for it, I do not give a single fuck if you pay me hundred grand. I will literally never work with you. Yeah. Because we do not see the world the same way. No, see you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> hope your kids are safe. Hope you're healthy. But also, there's a bag of dicks behind you. Go eat it. I'm done. <laughs> I, But like, I, I mean that. It's because it, like, I value my time more than I value anything. Yeah. There's, a, there's a there's a theory called like time billionaires. Um, and it's something that you can listen on like my first million podcast. They, they talk about it all the time where it's like you literally ask any billionaire over sixty five, and they will tell you right away that they will give their entire net worth to be twenty one again. And like literally Warren Buffett said that Bill Gates has said that Warren Buffett said it was like, dude, I, I, I would, I would give, he's like, I, I've made a lot more money than my net worth is. Now he's like, I would give it all back to be 21 right now. I give it all back. I would be homeless in 21 right now if I could. And it makes you think like, holy fuck, that's Warren Buffett. Dude's been like the top 10 richest people in the world for the last like fucking 60 years. That's probably not true. But like in the last X amount of lot, lot of years. And then you go, oh wait, time, time, time the fuck out. Like what? Like the, the the most important asset, the most valuable asset, isn't the fucking greenback? It, it's 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 the clock right there. It's the fucking hands. Okay. I, so one thing since I've decided back, that that was the most valuable, game over, bro. Time's the game one thing over. you can't get back. I mean, like so the fact that you, you can't right. rent it, you can't pay for it. It's fucking. Well, time the same up, for every day.
1: Time's fucking made, made up. up. Time is made up.
0: Time doesn't exist. Clocks exist. Yeah. It really, boom. Yeah. there you go. But, um, yeah. Also, if somebody's listening to this high, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Think about that second. Been there, buddy. You're going to be ready for a trip. It's gonna, you're going to be thinking about it for a while. It might, might just change your
1: life though. But I mean, it's true, man. And we keep talking about, um, you know, it's just like these, these pillars that we live our life off of, of just the relentless curiosity, um is number one for a reason as far as like you can never stop learning you can never be surrounded. Oh, you,
0: gotta, you gotta ask the questions and do the shit to figure out who you even might want to be yeah. let alone actually want to be you might
1: want to but be. that's the thing with life and it's like even for me like people are like you know I've, i felt pressure of like trying to find um like a career and like all this kind of shit right of like trying to dive into like what do i want to put my and it's also like i don't even fucking know yet i want to go try this and then go try this and then go try this and then you know like I don't fucking
0: know like what if dude yeah and ah uh, and, and the idea of like i don't know yet like and then like stopping there yeah i used to be that person but like th- those people know these shit on me because like i stopped there for like a second and then was able to go but like that's just I, maybe i'm just blessed differently than other people which other people are better at certain things i'm better at this of like if i don't know bro i'm gonna burn the world down till i figure it out yeah i'm, find I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna find out anything i'm gonna ask every goddamn question i'm gonna do every goddamn thing i'm gonna taste every goddamn thing i'm gonna build every goddamn <laughs> thing i'm gonna fail 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 and fucking fail yeah but you know what even if i learn out of all of these failures that i don't want to do anything you know, bro you i know so much more than you yeah you know I mean, like that's that, the worst that's, thing that's that happens I... also at the end of the day we're fucking guys we're, we're we're just filled up blood and bone meat sack on the Floating goddamn space the rock, like snacks. nothing fucking matters. Nothing like, fucking matters. Just, like just fucking try it all. We're just souls wearing a meat suit right now. You know, you know what I tried yesterday. You know what I tried yesterday for the first time was like I, I ordered it and split this pizza with somebody. A Hawaiian pizza, pineapples
1: on pizza. Oh. That's not even like yeah. Okay, I feel like that's. I Minnie mean, was telling me like the fact yeah. that that's even named a Hawaiian pizza is like weird because oh, like, oh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian's
0: fucking. I feel like Hawaiians hate it. And I, I like, like that why are we known of...
1: for pineapples on pizza? Like we didn't ask for this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: And also, it should be called, like, Surf's Up or something. Way more <laughs> than it should just be called Hawaiian <laughs> pizza. Like, I don't know. But, like, I've had a pizza. I've had a slice of Hawaiian pizza, like, from Domino's port. It was fucking ass. It was terrible. But this person was like, trust me, I, I, same thing. I believed it, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, thinking about it. Like, the first time you, like, ever had sushi, like, you probably didn't. I hated sushi. Right? I hated right? Sushi. And, and, and you have this weird thing. It's like, bro, raw fish. I don't even like avocado. It's weird and slimy. Bro, it's fucked avocado. <laughs> Fuck a California roll, bro. I'm from California. California burritos where it's at, not a California rule. And then all of a sudden you go to Yogi's and you're like, holy fucking dick. This is the greatest thing ever. So yesterday I had Hawaiian pizza. Wasn't the best pizza I've ever had, but it was top five for fucking sure. It was unbelievable. It was so good. And I would have not had it had I been a 17-year-old dickhead who didn't want to do any of that.
1: Let me give you an eating hack. Um, Unless you're actually allergic, stop taking shit off of things because they're on there for a reason. And it's for your taste buds.
0: Yes. yes, dude, bro. Like, like, hey, that person that made that thing for yeah, a fucking that's reason. like go, it to me, dude. Okay, so I, I thought about that too. Like, there are a few things of like every time I have it, it fucking sucks. Like mushrooms for me. Is yeah, if you like, if you, don't I, I like, if you really don't like it, don't it like, that's like, one thing. Exactly. But it's like one of those things. Like I used to hate lettuce on everything. I used to hate yes. lettuce on everything. Hey, can I get a it's taco fun. with just tomato and cheese, please? Like what, boring, yeah, bro? Like, yeah, I, exactly <laughs> right. But then uh, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, that, that's, like, going into, like, my apartment. and be like, nah, bro, like, hey, can you take the front door out? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? There for a reason. Hey, nah, bro, nah, bro I, don't, I don't like the toilet in here. Like, wait, but you need, it's part of the, what? Like, but, it, like, it's one of those things that's obviously extreme, but, like, think about it that way for a second, right? Like, think about that way for a second. And it's like, oh, shit, okay, fuck it. Like, Job-wise, structurally, what's the difference between an architect and a fucking cook and a chef and somebody who designed a recipe a certain way? Like, Obviously, obviously, tangibly, fucking everything. But like, structurally of like the base stuff, nothing, bro. They're just builders, just building blocks, bro. Just Lincoln Logging their way through their careers with this shit, bro. But every single Lincoln Log has to bank up the cabin, bro. Yes. Yes. I fucking love that. I love that. They're supposed to be there. That's so true. Dude, it's uh, it's pretty insane. When you, to, uh,
1: when you start to understand that shit that that things are there for a reason and just not to. Play I, with it. You know,
0: this is peak fucking. Oh my god, this is peak. Don't you just learn every time, and you know what's, I'm just gonna. Is I love. Hey, I, I think I think we, we might have our third name for the podcast, and I think it just might be Caleb, conversations with Caleb and Luke because <laughs> honestly, we have these conversations all the time, and now we're just finally ripping on them and just fucking going. But like. This is, we've had these conversations for like fucking 10 years and now finally it's out. Yeah, because it needs to be yeah. out. People need to start fucking questioning yeah. shit. People need to start questioning People need to start asking out. why all the time. Start asking why it'd be fucking so annoying. Ask why. Yeah, but and ask, that, a, not even
1: being a dick, like, I like to add, like, just to who, learn. Like, do I like this? I don't know. Yeah, why, wait, why do like, you do that? I, it was like the first time my boy, dude, my boy Riley, we're in Boise, and he goes, hey bro, I have, I have a thing of hash browns, and he goes, put some ranch on that. And I looked at him like, What? Put ranch in yeah. hash browns, and he's like, "Bro, try it." And and he, he was one yep. of those guys that like he said it. Fuck it, I'll do it because Riley said it. I'll try it, and I tried it and it changed my fucking life. Literally, changed my yeah, life. Yeah, 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 Hash uh-huh. browns without ranch. I mean, nowadays I try to stay away from the ranch, but every once in a while, I'll fucking throw that shit on there. And like,
0: no, but- I know. you taught me that too. Also, that's a life yeah. hack. Ranch on ranch hash browns is a real fucking big. I'll try shit. Talk talk about butterfly network effect, cult, What you want? I've never even met that dude. Now I know. Yeah. You know, not, now I know that. Thank you. It's, um, Thank you. It is the butterfly effect. Yeah. It's like, bro, that, that showed up like ranch on pizza. I used to think it was like, bro, you're the fucking craziest person. Psychopath. Psychopath. Go and fucking go and be a fascist, bro. Go and be a communist. No, fuck you. Ranch does not belong on pizza. Literally, I put ranch on pizza and I was like, all right, I need Cholula. This is the best thing ever. And nobody talked to me. Bro, I mean, ranch, think ranch Cholula and pizza right now is a game over. Just think of how
1: people come up with new shit all the time, especially in the food industry. They just try shit. and Like, oh, my God, that was pretty
0: fucking good. And then they yes. experiment. Like, so I'm going to wrap it all up. With it's like a, a fucking uh, like the, the, the pickleback whiskey drink type of stuff where it's like, bro, that makes no sense. When you do doing it, you're it's like fucking incredible. Why does that make Dude, all of this? There's an
1: Irish breakfast where you fucking smash some uh, whiskey, you drink some orange juice, and then you have some bacon. It's fucking incredible. It tastes like a
0: yeah Yeah, like an Irish car bomb. We're like, we, there's a bunch of different things here. What's going on? But why does this... Why does this exactly. Why, technically, actually, now, now we're thinking about it. Why do the Irish... Why do the Irish out everything? Now that I'm thinking about it, why are the Irish the smartest people? Yeah, but it's like, hey, can I get a what comes drinking? That pickle, makes sense.
1: without the pickle juice? Like, no, motherfucker. It comes with it for a reason. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, but the it, whole it, thing... I feel like the whole topic <laughs> of this podcast is, like, try it, feel it, see it for yourself. Like, try it, see it, feel it for yourself.
0: Dude. Like, you, you never know. You, bro, you, you never, never know. know.
1: You never know. Bro. That's how Mike said, bro. That's his whole fucking life statement. Like, yes, you never, you, do, you never know. You never fucking, you never know.
0: You don't know until you know. And even when you know, you're like, you don't know. I like, can't know. You think you know. But, but I can uh, never Tomorrow's
1: Thursday. Out. I'm stoked because uh, I'm taking a mini somewhere. Um, and it's fucking, ex- I'm excited.
0: Is it a surprise?
1: Yeah, it is a surprise. Okay. It, yeah. So if you're listening, if you're li- oh. by the time you listen to this, um, the surprise will already be over. But um, it's nothing like crazy. But it's I'm I'm excited as well. Like it's somewhere that we're, somewhere that we're go- both going to really enjoy. Um I'm okay. fucking excited. Um, but the whole thing is like, man, I don't know. Like I used to. I'm really, really reconstructing my fucking life of like things I've That's learned and, and the way I used yeah. to live and like money and all kind like, dude, now is all we fucking have. And I'm really, really, really oh. starting to understand that. Like you have to, make but aren't you in the situation? Cause like, dude, what if, yeah. What if tomorrow we get a fucking news update? Like, Hey, this is the last day on earth. Like then what? All the labels, everything, everything's gone. All the things that you wanted to do were just these fucking ideas in your head, but everything starts as an idea yep. in your head. If you don't go seek and try and feel and, and, put, and expose yourself to as much as you fucking can in this life. It's like, what's the point of having this human experience? All these things are put yeah. out here for a reason. For us to go consume, try, see what works, throw shit against the wall, and see what fucking sticks, you know?
0: Yeah, but, uh, the, the whole idea of, like, the last day on Earth really fucks me up. Because it's like, I know what I would do then. Okay? Okay? What? Fucking, fucking do it now, though. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. Like, exactly. I have those things, you know? Like, exactly. There's, there's like, there's like three or four things where it's like. Okay, well, why aren't you doing those now? I understand we need clarity. No. Like I lack clarity. I, I lack clarity in a lot of no, things, and, and I understand that there are consequences that could happen a certain way. You know, like, you're not worrying about if it's the last twenty four hours. Like if that person doesn't feel the same way, or if like that person doesn't react, or like that thing doesn't go. Yeah. That well, it's like cool, bro. Like I'm dying eleven hours from now, anyways. Fuck it. I don't care. But her. there's like, excuses. What if I die eleven hours that's early? That's also Whatever.
1: excuses because the people that I surround myself with, self with now are people that I would die with. Like that's that's exactly right. I'm not keeping around. I'm trimming me. the fat
0: and trimming the fat, bro. The other thing. Bro, you've been trimming the fat since I called you fat. Bro. <laughs> you've, never stopped, you've never stopped never trimming the fat. Back. Bro, I know. Also, I apologize because I've I definitely been. Am- I fucking am- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. That wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. That was funny. I have a way healthier relationship with food. I eat cookies now. I do a lot. I do a lot of shit. Now. I know you do, but I I also feel like I, I was the thing that struck a chord that like you hadn't really, I needed a healthy emotional attachment to the food, but like, so I'm also st- sorry. Cause I feel like I called you fat once and fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. you just burns in my memories. Damn, you you're you're damn near, fat. it's nothing to joke about, but you damn near developed an eating disorder. <laughs> no, like, I did. I know, but uh, so, like in the yeah. best way I went through it but, all. It's so, good. Did- <laughs> Okay, well, again, I sorry, appreciate sorry, you don't sorry, have it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another thing, again, we're going back to the you know the the first part of this entire podcast of, of gratitude, right? Like, think about all this shit that, like, we know now. We're 25. Oh, my God. And we've realized now. We might not even know it now yet, right? But, like, at least we, we, we've had this realization of certain That's things. That's why I'm grateful. We're only 25. And exactly right. And, and think about, especially our parents, think about all the older people where it's like, that still operate without these realizations yet. And like, bro, you're you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, you're 70. What if you've been, bro, wake up. What the fuck have you been doing for 50 years? I just want to shake people sometimes. Like, dude, like, well, even
1: like Matt. Matt always tells us all the time, our mentor, Matt, you know, he's like, dude, I'm so happy that you have figured this out now. And that's the thing. And that's what I tell, you know, many, like we're young and we have, Stresses about things that like we really shouldn't be stressing about because of the society and where we're supposed to be. And like, dude, living in California right now is fucking brutal. Like it's fucking expensive. You know what I mean? And like, so you're stressing about things and it's like, well, dude, here's the grateful thing. Like she's 21 has her own apartment with me, you know? And like, we do all these things and we're independent. We're doing things on our own. And it's like, those are wins. Those are little and we're going to remember these times when Remember we were 21. These are the times like when parents always tell their kids, Oh, when we were your age. We lived in this one bedroom apartment. We lived here. We were struggling. You yes. we have to go through the yes. struggle. Yes. You have to, it's funny. I told you, I have all these fucking tattoos that like just spoke to me. I have trust your struggle tatted on me. And I remember it first started happening. Like when I got hurt the first, like really hurt the first time with my knee and I was in a very dark place. And I was like, I was put here for a reason. Like it helped me trim a bunch of fat that yeah. in yeah. my life when I got hurt. And then it helped me realization. I had some great friends around me at that time. and, and just people helping and like it just made me realize a lot and you go through these struggles and it helps you understand first of all that you never want to be there again you need to go through it to realize you never want to be there again and also to realize what got you out of it because if because it's just going to
0: keep happening if you don't you know it's going to happen in other ways so it's very um yeah dude i love that too because like you you have those things with like uh you start to realize more and more how much your tattoos mean to you because, like, the more you live life. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you, you realize that you've had these underlying themes yes. of, like, your fucking inner child yes. coming out. Yes, <laughs> that's finally. what's crazy. Finally, your inner child is coming out, and you realize why those are so prominent to mm-hmm. you. And, like, one of those things for me of, like, when, when we were at the event in, uh, in Boise, right, I was talking to uh, Whitney, uh, Ian's girlfriend, about, like, the importance, for some reason, of a lightning bolt and lightning to me. I, like, for some reason in my life, I have been obsessed with lightning, mm-hmm. obsessed with it. And I, I used to doodle, I used to get in trouble. I literally, like, the only, like, maybe of the 10 things I've ever, like, tests I've ever failed in my life, eight of them have been for doodling lightning bolts on my paper. Literally failed. For, and fuck you for, I, for like, failing him for that shit. <laughs> so I was, like, 10 years old for some reason, dude. So I'm literally getting, like, the sleeve, uh, my, my full left arm done, like, starting, um, like, in a couple of days from now. The first thing is, like, no, like, I, I need a lightning bolt all the way down. But, like, now, of, like, my own personal website, like, my, my icon is a lightning bolt, all of these things. But, like, it's, like, all of these 57 million different inputs have now come to here. And, like, Rob Deerdeck literally said, like, this idea of Chase Energy one time, and I was like, oh, my God, that's it. And I thought of a lightning bolt, and I was like, bro, was I doodling for fucking, like, since I was, like, eight to hear one of my idols, Rob Deerdeck fucking say that and me think of this, and now me buy the domain and create this and, like, wait a fuck, and I'm going to get it tattooed on me and that's what it means to me and I I I envision this idea and then when it fucking when there's lightning and thunder, bro, I am like when there is a lightning storm Uh, and a thunderstorm. Dude I am straight feeling like dude, no, like straight up like I'm I feel like connected to Zeus. Like straight up like that's I, I feel that way. It's weird. It's like universal shit. Don't know. I like literally feel the most powerful and most unstoppable and happiest and most joyful and most energized when it is a fucking Gnarly rain, thunder, light storm, like that's fucking. Awesome. The, when people are like, "Dude, this is a hurricane. This is terrible." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but like, I hope everybody's safe. But like, also, like, I feel like a fucking Norse god right now. This <laughs> is the greatest thing in my life. Like, I'm in. I'm bought in. I'm so down. Like, I hope it doesn't hit me. Like, but also, if I get powers, it's going to be fucking sick. I kind of want to see. I don't know. I've seen Flash. I don't know, but like, that's. I don't know. Like, I literally have the fucking Flash skateboard. There's 250 of these skateboards in the world. 250 of them in the entire world. My brother bought me one, and it's a flash. It's a fucking big ass lightning bolt, and I have it hanging here. It's a hand carved fucking wooden skateboard. And somebody the other day was like, Do you ride? Do you, do you skateboard? I'm like, No, I can't fucking balance on the skateboard for the life of me. But, like, it has a lightning bolt on it. Like, I'm, I'm in. I don't know. Like, it doesn't take, take, take much of it. Like, when I was at
1: Comic Con, a lightning bolt, I saw I just sent you a picture.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, it's like, it's, I don't know why, bro. It's like, it's fucking, it's, it's a thing. It's a fucking symbol. Well, for me. You know, it's my thing. It's,
1: um, it's incredible, and the only reason that you were able to seek that and try it was because you just started to follow the gut and try new things and see new well, things and ride the
0: lightning, bro. Ride try the lightning, it, feel
1: it, see it for yourself, man. That's um uh-huh. that's kind of where I'm at, and I think that's where we're at with life and our conversations. And I'm glad the world is finally um able to catch up and and hear some of them. Um, and yeah, hopefully people want to have a conversation with us. Maybe we should do like an open uh open conversation podcast one time. See if people want to hop on here and and hop in yeah. conversations. <laughs>
0: I know at least one person wants to come. Come on with us for sure. We should do it. I'm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I know at least one person. Um. Actually, I know two or three people for sure that would come. Four. Now I'm thinking about it. Um. Yeah. I know like a couple of people. My sister would love to come on. Well, with if you're too. listening, she's, she's, and you'd like to,
1: like to be on and just for like you know, should hit us up.
0: Yeah. Hit, hit hit us on Instagram. Um. E- email email either of us. <laughs> um. Hit us on Instagram. Just our fucking names on this we we're, we're nobody. We're nobody famous to where I, I need to have at Champagne Poppy. And put them actually, <laughs> but like, actually, my first name's Aubrey or whatever Jake's fucking real name is. But like, yeah, hit us up because that would be fucking awesome. Actually, that would be fucking the most here to connect. Thing ever yeah, so
1: here to connect and create. That's kind of uh, where I'm at in life. And um, fuck, bro, I'm gonna end it
0: at that, bro. Yep. One. That's all that's all we got. Thank you for listening to Be Common with Cable and Luke. Caleb is way smarter and more creative than I am. I appreciate you up. listening to me rant. Um that's alright. He's he's more creative and and, and better he's a, he's just honestly he's a better yeah. person than I am. but that's fine. I'm I'm way better looking at this back. And I'm <laughs> right? in the, in the podcast. And the podcast. Cut it. Cut it. No nothing else. Just don't look at pictures. Uh